0: This is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a speaker, an author, and an executive coach. And today I am delighted to welcome Lori Sackler to the show. Lori will discuss the elephant in everyone's family living room money and how to have mindful conversations about this essential topic. Lori, welcome.
1: Thank you, Caroline. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Oh my goodness. I'm really
1: excited to dive into
0: this conversation. You know, I chuckled when I first read your book and you talked about the elephant in every family's living room. That's so true. And I'm sure this global audience listening is nodding their head in agreement. So why is that, Lori? Why is it that we have such a hard time talking about money?
1: The topic is a taboo and it continues to be an object of threat and control for a lot of families and it just doesn't have to be that way. And there are multiple and varied reasons why discussing money is so difficult. It, from culture to gender to family history, I, there's a whole host of reasons that I explore in my book. But what, what I really wanna convey, it's important for you to figure out what what are the reasons and why why are you and your family members not able to have these productive conversations? Because what we find is there's a 70% failure rate in passing assets across generations and breakdown in communication and trust is the primary reason. So what I have witnessed for many, many years, if you don't have these conversations, there's a breakdown and ultimately a loss of money and family harmony. And throughout all transitions, just beyond estate transfers or, or experience the death of a loved one, communication is central for you to be successful, to get through them. So I'm trying to help people have a, a, have productive conversations, have a set of guidelines that will help them to be successful and accomplish whatever they want to accomplish with their money.
0: You know, that makes me think, Lori, when when we lo- lose a loved one or something tragic happens in our lives, that's such a vulnerable emotional time. And it's especially hard to be able to talk about money then. So what I hear you saying is, don't wait. Have those conversations in better times so you can set yourself up for success.
1: Yeah. So what we find is that people don't typically have these conversations until it's a, it's actually too late. They need to, as you said, have them early and they need to orchestrate them in a way which when they're not under stress, um, I mean, you lose a loved one. That is not the time to talk about finances. And if you're thinking through um, the need for this and you understand that you want to have successful outcomes because money talks are so important, then you're going to schedule them in advance of something really Uh, difficult, uh, you know, a a major tragedy in the family occurring, because you want to do it in advance. You want to think through what you need to talk about. And I can get into that in a little more detail, but you are absolutely right. Losing a loved one is not the time to have a conversation. It's a little late.
0: I love the title of your book. It's called The M Word. And, you know, it's so interesting, Lori, because you mentioned how difficult it is for people to talk about money. But this is the second edition of your book. So what prompted you to update it and write a new edition?
1: Well, I wrote this one in the aftermath of COVID. And in response to what I saw was this current need that's even greater. And I I, I know there's a lot more... uh, a discussion around it. I see it in the media, the financial services industry. I even see it in popular culture. But what I'm not seeing is conversations that are leading to successful outcomes. And what I'm reading is just touching the surface of a very complex problem and people really need to think through this in a more in a more uh, uh, comprehensive way because just getting started, which is what a lot of these articles will will kind of convey, is not the way to have a successful talk.
0: Got it. You know, the book was so practical. I really appreciated the action steps and you talk about transition points in life. And I'll mention a few, we've got marriage, estate planning, retirement. So let's pick two marriage and retirement. Walk us through why those transition points are essential to talk about money and ideally in advance of those, those moments in our lives.
1: Yeah. So I really talk about the need in advance of marriage for people, the couples to sit down and have these money talks and what I, what I really believe that uh, transparency and openness should be the objective, the ultimate objective. So what does that mean? You need to talk about assets and liabilities and of course a lot of people are coming, young people in particular come with liabilities from their education, correct? So that needs to be fully disclosed. You want to talk about what are your values and goals? I mean, you're literally merging two different uh, family histories also, money personalities, uh, different uh, levels of spending. I mean, it's it's complicated when you try and put it together. So you want to talk about, in addition to the basics and how you're going to separate or keep your assets uh, or, or merge your assets, you want to talk about what's your family history uh, with money. I mean, whatever are the compromises that you might want to make? Everyone comes with a, a family history of how they talk about it. They use it. They acquire it. They manage it. And of course, they come with these um, lifestyles that may not be compatible with one another, ultimately. So you got to negotiate that a bit. But it all needs to be put out there and fully discussed and disclosed. And I, I oftentimes find uh, uh, clients, when they have a an open and transparency around money, it's an indication of a healthy marriage, and I see it in I see ultimately higher probabilities of success.
0: Well, I'm encouraged that you're you're really thinking about how we can talk about money and make it objective and not feel emotional or personal. So let's let's unpack a little bit the the marriage question because I've I've met people that have really bristled thinking about talking about money, maybe a prenuptial agreement or some concept about how you'll navigate money in a in a marriage, excuse me. And their response has been, but we're in love. We don't need to talk about it. We'll be together happily ever after. And you and I know that sometimes things
1: don't work out as planned. Exactly. And there seems to be a higher interest level in having prenups. Uh, you know, couples are getting married later in life. Uh, women in particular want to launch their careers and, and get on a successful roadmap where they're making an independent living. So oftentimes there's an uneven accumulation of assets when people enter marriage. And, often t- and oftentimes you talk, you bring up the subject of a prenup and people are wondering, well, aren't you marrying me for me? You know, isn't it, this isn't about. isn't this about our love and commitment? Yes, it is. But at the end of the day, these kinds of things need to be sorted out. Because remember, when you come with a prenup, you usually come with a family. You come with a family history. You come with the family assets. And you're going to need to sort that out and navigate it. And I find that couples that are really willing to tackle it and also I think it's very important that the women in particular, because I think your audience is primarily women, have representation. If someone comes to them and says, I need to put a week prenup together before we enter this marriage, you need to make sure that you have your individual representation and you take this exercise seriously because oftentimes women devalue themselves, don't want to go to the money talk. There are a lot of reasons why women in particular have a difficult time with this topic. And I do explore that in the book, but you got to overcome that. You got to really tackle this topic and don't be afraid of a prenup. Just understand it's part of our universe that we live in right now. And there is there continues to be a high divorce rate. So, yes, if things don't work out, you need to figure that out.
0: Lori, I I love how you talk about your financial planner as part of your resource team. And and I know from uh, doing my research, you are a recovering CPA, started your career in accounting, and then transitioned to financial advising. I really think of my financial advisor as part of my whole team, like my doctor and my dentist, and all the other professionals that I go to for a variety of reasons. And I, again, I hear you saying, "Be proactive." So, what do we look for when we're when we're trying to find a financial advisor that we can trust with our money?
1: Yeah, that's really important, and I, I applaud you because a financial advisor is, in many cases central to all the team playing and all the decisions are being made because oftentimes they're managing the family money and there's someone that you talk to on a regular basis. You know, you get to see your accountant when you do your taxes, you see your attorney when you do your, your will or you update your will, but oftentimes the advisor is central to it. And so you want to make sure you pick the right pro and I have a whole section on this. And I think obviously it's important to get somebody that you can trust that has integrity that's also looking at things in a comprehensive way. And you want to do your research. I mean I don't think people go into surgery without carefully uh, selecting the surgeon because it's going to have huge implications. And I oftentimes say when you're looking for advisor, you know make sure you, you could get some references from friends or family or other advisors. Um, you know, talk, uh, you know, there are plenty of websites to go to to look for certified financial planners, certified investment management analysts, I mean, there's a whole host of designations. So you want to make sure someone has the personal characteristics you're looking for, the chemistry that you need, but also the credentials, the experience and expertise for the areas that you need help in, because uh, there's a whole range of advisors out there with different levels of expertise. So make sure you get the right fit because it's a really important relationship to have in your life. Lori, we'll be right back
0: after a quick break. I'd like to tell you about a special offer. If you want to bring your podcast to life or up your podcast game, you can get up to two months of free podcasting service with Libsyn using my special code, CDHWORK. The Lipson team will get your podcast on Apple and Spotify and give you access to critical stats and all the support you need to sound your best and grow your show. Use my special code, CDHWORK. Hiring the right speaker for your event is a tremendous responsibility. You need a speaker who will work within your budget and engage your audience. Whether you're looking to retain or grow top talent, create a healthy workplace culture, or prevent burnout in your organization, I can create customized content to help you recharge, reignite, or reinvent your career. Let's talk about how I can help you achieve your special event goals. Connect with me at CarolineDowdHiggins.com, Lori, I want to pull a thread that you alluded to earlier when you mentioned that men and women approach finances differently. Now, I love your book because it's multi-generational and and certainly um, relates to to genders. So tell us, what is it about men and women and and how they approach finances differently? and, And how do we navigate that in our lives and relationships?
1: yeah it's there's been a lot of writing about this topic, and I have discovered through research and, and writing this is my third book that it's it's physiology. let's start with physiology for a moment because our brains are are are, are different. the way our brains operate is different. And as a result, we will make, um, we set goals and priorities differently. We invest differently. Typically men have a higher risk tolerance and a shorter uh, time horizon. We as women, because of the nature of our brains, tend to think more strategically and long-term. Men are more transactional, right? And then of course, ultimately, because of the differences in our brain, we communicate differently. And I will say, this is a topic, obviously, that's important to me. Women have stronger connections between their emotional memory and communication centers, which makes us ideally suited for having these money talks. So, I really believe, and I've experienced this in my practice, that oftentimes it's the woman who brings the need for these conversations to me and will orchestrate them and understands the importance of them. And so, just to, you know to help help all of your listeners understand these differences have been studied in over thirty countries with a million participants, and it is it, so it's universal. Um, it's not uh, it's not personal. It's regardless of geography, age, culture, wherever you live in the world. But I always say you need both minds. Uh, you know uh, to together to make, you know, the best decisions, but it does create conflict in relationships, in managing money, in talking about it. And that's why the money talk, in my view, providing a set of guidelines so people can follow this will help them achieve that objective of, of, you know, addressing their needs and getting successful outcomes.
0: Lori, I so appreciate that you have forged a career in the financial industry. And I see more and more women gravitating into those financial roles, which I think is terrific because from my perspective, women look to people in their resource team, on their resource team, and there's a trust factor with women. So I'm delighted to see more women financial advisors emerging. Have you noticed the trend there that, that women are looking for women financial advisors to help manage their money because of a trust?
1: Yes, absolutely. And for other reasons as well, I manage a team of eight people. It's a large team. We have four women and four men. So we're in pretty, we're we're pretty well diversified. Having said that though, um, women are looking for women to help them with their finances. And part of it is because it's not just that they're looking for the trust, right? They're looking for someone just going to listen a lot of times. The the research shows us that a lot of the guys, they kind of overlook the woman in the room. They don't, you know, their spouse, the male spouse. Is uh, is the primary person that they're talking to, but when you add a woman to the mix, it kind of it kind of makes things happen in a way that a lot of women feel their needs are being heard, and they have a a more sympathetic person, more empathetic person uh, that understands them and they can relate to, and it it's uh it's 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 the reason why so many companies, uh, including the one that I work for, are so Dedicated and committed to bringing more women into the wealth management business, it's really, really important to to include them in bigger numbers.
0: Well, that's good to hear. And since my focus is career development, I'm happy that we can spread the word because it's a great career. And again, how wonderful to know that that women clients are are eager to work with with women financial planners. So Lori, I'm sure that you would agree. It's an interesting time in our world. And the positive news is that people are living longer, healthier lives. Many times, uh, people retire in that 65 ish range. Mm -hmm. But goodness, they're living into their 80s or 90s. And they didn't plan well enough ahead to have retirement funding to carry them through to those beautiful, ripe, ages. So how do we, we look through the lens differently and plan for retirement so we have money uh, to get us through to live into a beautiful, ripe old age?
1: Right. And I think one of your opening questions was the trans, uh, transition. Let's talk about marriage and retirement. So I'm so thrilled that you circled back to this because we are in a big transition where the boomers are retiring and, there is, yeah. and the millennials are the largest workforce now. It used to be the boomers drove uh, consumption in the markets. Now we're seeing the millennials and the Gen Cs enter. And so this retirement that's taking place is a really big deal. And I oftentimes will say that it's never too early to start thinking ahead for retirement. You know, the power of compounding is, is pretty significant. And so I urge all of your listeners to think through, you know, even from an early age, I think your audience is the 20s plus, right? Um, Correct. To think through who exactly, you know, what what they might want retirement to look like, what is their cap- capability to put monies away on a regular basis, and to start working with an advisor, someone can help them put together a plan that will lead to a healthier uh Uh, and a more successful retirement, you're right, there are a lot of people who hit retirement age and aren't ready. And they're worried, do I have enough? Will I be able to live out this long life expectancy? The fastest growing segment of the population is centurions. So people who are 100, can you imagine? And it's just going to continue to grow. And my sense is if you are a Gen Z out there, you should expect a very, very long life. So it's never too early to start to think about your future. Oh,
0: that's excellent. Lori, one more thing, uh, right before we wrap, because I know this scenario is something that many of our listeners around the world are experiencing. Perhaps they're they're, uh, Generation X professionals like myself, and they're helping aging parents navigate this stage of life. And that also has financial implications. So when is the best time to talk to our beloved aging parents about their finances?
1: Yeah, that's a, a really good question and I feel like it's it's something that uh, Gen X's and millennials are, are dealing with uh, uh, particularly. Yeah, you know, I always say that the best time to have these conversations is not before uh, your mom or dad gets sick or there's an accident or a death in the family or any you know any surprise event that's going to uh, steer things up and make things more difficult. You, my sense is that you want to uh, y- y- you approach your parents in a way that's thoughtful, uh, that you, know, uh, you want to prepare for it, and there's a whole uh, way that I talk about how to do that. Ultimately, remember, your parents are worried uh, when they get to a place as they get older, worried about losing control, so worried about who can I trust? Um, you know, worried about will I have enough? And then of course, where do I live for retirement? What will my cash flow look like? What is my taxes? So my suggestion to all of you, who and and and, and you're right, it will impact you. Because when people enter retirement, it's a different phase. There's a different cash flow. There may be different, uh, maybe you know, parents have been helping kids along the way. We all know that. Maybe that that kick, that that extra money might be more or less. You just don't know. But you have to have those conversations. And I think the most important uh, element to the conversation, besides you know, putting through a process and agenda and understanding you know, what I call the what, who, when, where, why, and how is to make sure when you're talking to your parents, it's all about them, you know, put yourself in their shoes, understand what they're going through and let them know in a very, in a, in a, in a sincere way that you want to be there to help them. And how can I best be there? You know, you know, you know, you want to talk to them about, you know, what happens if something happens to you? you know, know, do you have your estate plan in place? Do you have a healthcare proxy? Do you have a living will? I mean, what kind of care do you envision for yourself? I mean, this is a dialogue that needs to take place. And ultimately, I find that women are particularly suited for this because the patterns tend to be that women will be the caregiver if they are geographically accessible. So, you know, and it's oftentimes the woman who will enter into these conversations and want to engage in them. But I've had people read my book and I had a, a, a great guy in another part of the country, a lawyer who said to me, I bought my book for my, he has six siblings. We planned it an, and he was the one who was going to be taking care of mom and dad by trying to put together the plan and figure out how to take care of them. So I feel like, you know, there are gender differences. Some men will step up and do this role, but somebody has to lead this conversation and help get all the pieces in place.
0: Lori, you've made this so practical. The book is beautiful. It's a playbook. It has action steps. I absolutely love it. I want to tell our global audience the title. It is called the M word. As I said earlier, the money talk every family needs to have about wealth and their financial future. Lori Sackler, what a joy to have you on the show. I'm so grateful that you taught me so much. And I know our global audience benefited as well. The book, of course, is available on Amazon and all major book retailers. But would you be so kind to tell our global audience how they can
1: connect with you after the show? Yes, I I recommend you go to my website, themword.com. You'll hear a bunch of interviews, you'll see things that I'm participating in, you'll learn more about the topic. Um, if you want, you can also reach out to me at L.R. at AOL.com if you're looking for further information and I, you know, I appreciate this opportunity, Caroline, you really, what I love about it is you actually took the time to learn and to read and to understand everything that I'm trying to accomplish and you picked the best highlights of the book. So kudos to you. You're great.
0: Oh my goodness, I'm so glad, Lori. This is such juicy information and so relevant to all of us. So what an honor to have you on the show and I hope our paths continue to cross. Yeah, it'd be fun. It'd be fun, yeah. Thank you, Lori. And I want to tell our global audience that Your Working Life is now available on all major podcast platforms and I want to hear from you. So let me know how we're doing. You can find me at carolinedowthiggins.com And a special shout out to my extraordinary podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you for making this show awesome for our global audience. We now have listeners in 16 countries around the world. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening.